Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you on this Sunday morning and we ask that you would be glorified in all that we say and do. Lord, help us to sing these songs that would be acceptable in your sight. And Lord, the special music this morning, the preaching, each part of this service, Lord, we pray especially for the time of invitation that not one of us would withhold from you that which is your due that we would honor and worship you as true believers in Jesus Christ. In your name we pray today. Amen. Enjoy that choir song, children. Uh, to the children's church, you may be dismissed at this point. The rest of us, let's turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, and we're going to start right in the middle of the psalm. We're just going to look at eight verses today. Starting in verse 89, and that song uh, was written uh, actually at the request Southwest Baptist Church. They used it in a uh, uh, themed uh, uh, part of their uh, services, and uh, since Julia wrote the song, we wanted to use it here, because that's what we're supposed to do, is grow together. Amen. That's what the church is about. It is the context of our Christianity. It is the place where we grow and serve the Lord. And this morning, um, uh, I would like to just simply talk about a subject that I, I would think, though, we may not cognitively have it at the top of our uh, thought process. Brother Zach, could you turn that fan down just a little bit? It's it's blown my pages there. Thank you. Um, but it's something that we think about a lot just because... How many, well, let me just ask the question. How many of you have remarked to yourself or heard someone remark to you, boy, the world just seems to get crazier and crazier? Uh, I mean, it, it just... At just about the time that we think that uh, a new level has been plumbed, actually it's not reached because we're going down, we're not going up. Uh, somebody comes up with something that just opens up a brand new universe of ignorance and foolishness. And actually the real word is madness. Uh, that is the word. And, of course, that is not talking about anger. Uh, often we use the word, you made me mad, or I made them mad, or someone surely is mad. But uh, talking about angry, um, uh, and by the way, we've got enough anger to keep the wheels of angst churning for the future of all mankind. So, But madness is a loss of sanity. It is acting without any rational or reasonable connection. And boy, I'll tell you, that, that is where we live today, is it not? It just seems like everything has gone unhinged. It says, one person put it this way, it says, We live in a world that can only be understood if one will understand that mankind has lost its collective mind. Uh, uh, the only way you can know what's going on is to realize that everybody's crazy. Hey, yeah, okay, that makes sense, doesn't it? And uh, as we look at this world, 
we often view ourselves as the center of all time and everything else. And uh, I, I want to challenge you that if we read our Bible, we're going to find out that most times we're a little different from the times we're living in, accepting time, culture, and geographic location. That mankind, from his beginning, when he strays from God, does crazy things. And how do we answer the madness uh, of this world? And I want to challenge you. Things were pretty crazy in David's day. I believe David is the author of Psalm 119, even though it's not signed. We do not know that for 100% sure. But if you will read through all of Psalm 19, 22 sets of eight verses, if you like the fancy word, it's called a strophe. Uh, that is a categorization of eight verses. And, and each one of these verses made in the Hebrew starts with the letter that uh, is listed there. This was part of the poetry or the form. Uh, only two verses out of 176 do not have a direct reference to the words of God. We're going to be looking at one of those in our set that we're examining today. But I want you to think about how crazy David's world was. When David was alive, God was dealing with the world through the children of Israel. And yet David's predecessor, Saul, was arguably suffering from several diagnosable psychoses, right? I mean, Saul, Saul was a problematic person on many fronts. He had a lot of emotional and, and uh, uh, psychological issues. They're well recorded in the Bible there. They did not seek God all the days of David. They were still recovering from the wickedness of the judges only 40 years prior to this. And yet, David spent a great deal of his young life running and hiding for, for his life from Saul, who was supposed to be the leader of the people of God. Talk about a crazy world. How would one, looking at the nation of Israel, where they were in the days of Saul and the early days of King David, even understand that there was a God in Israel? And someone might ask the question, looking at many things that call themselves churches today, I'm, and I'm talking about churches where the Bible is preached and these things, would, could not the world question whether we have a God at different times? And so, we look in this psalm here, in this portion of this great long psalm, and we, are, we have reached the middle. Verse 88 is the beginning, I mean, is the end of the first half. Verse 89, where we begin today, is the beginning of the second half. Um, the, uh, the, the set there, the cough set of starting in verse 81, are, are some of the saddest uh, verses in this psalm. And, and 
He says, uh, uh, verse 82, Mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, When wilt thou comfort me? And then we get to verse 89. And David makes the ultimate universal statement. As we begin today, it says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delights... I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. Now, this section here has three incredibly great points. This has been called the high point of Psalm 119. Verse 89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Verse 92, Unless thy law had been my delights, I should have then perished in mine affliction. In verse 96, I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. And what the psalmist is doing here is he is telling us something. He does not start by saying, Thy word is settled forever, O Lord. He starts out with forever. He starts out by making a universal statement. Now, most of the time when people make a universal statement, they're always incorrect. Uh... But when God makes a universal statement, it's always 100% true. And he says, forever, without exception, to no end of days. O Lord, the God of heaven, thy word is settled in heaven. Now, why did the psalmist say, in heaven? Because since the days of Eve and the serpent in the Garden of Eden, men have argued about God's words. In fact, when I was a student in Bible college, uh, the great debate while I was a student is, can we trust our King James Bible? And uh, amazingly enough, I graduated in spring of 1986, and in the fall, they fired half of the professors of the Bible college because they refused to believe properly about the Bible in the English language. And then two years later, they changed the doctrinal statement of the college to exclude the English Bible as being authoritative. And now you go there today, and it's anything but the King James Bible. Uh, it's, It's a sad, sad story. But I will tell you this. David, nearly a thousand years before Jesus was born, said forever, O Lord, thy word is settled 
in heaven. We don't need to argue about the Word of God. In fact, many people have run into great errors trying to answer all of the arguments of the people who refuse to believe in the authority of the Word of God. Uh, Let me ask you, how childish, how simple a faith would it be if God promised to preserve His Word, that I would have an honest translation of His Word, that that preservation would be in the translation? Uh, That's not a complicated thought process. And so, as we start with this universal statement here, we understand that God knows what He said. And that God is not conflicted, and God does not want us to be conflicted uh, about His Word. Now, verse 90 is one of the two verses in this entire psalm that does not have a direct reference to the words of God. It says, thy faithfulness is unto all generations. But let me ask you a question. If God's word is settled forever, his faithfulness is found in his word, is it not? And that is what he's talking about. And then it says, thou hast established the earth and it abideth. Isn't that an amazing thing? Creation gives testimony to the goodness and the greatness of God. My favorite way to put it is who but God could take an expanse of matter that man believes to be 13 and a half billion light years across and put one little planet stuck somewhere in it not in the center, just there, and put life on it. Who could waste all of that matter except God? And by the way, he's not wasting it. If you ever have a chance, look through some of the picture books from the Hubble Space Telescope and some of these. I mean, to me, they are some of the most beautiful pictures that you will ever see as they... uh, to differentiate between the different clouds of dust and different layers inside these uh, 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 universes and galaxies far, far away. And please, uh, don't fall for the Star Wars shtick, all right? Nobody's been there, and nobody's come from there, and you're not going there anytime soon, all right? Um, But the earth abides. Uh, I need to come up with some new uh, things, but in, I believe it was 1952, Bikini Atoll in the South Pacific was the site of the largest atomic explosion, surface explosion known to mankind. Uh, The United States detonated a bomb nearly 5,000 times the power of the ones on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It was a test. They evacuated the islands, and, uh, and their basic understanding is that these islands would be a wasteland forever. Every living thing in the sea and on the islands was killed. In fact, part of one of the islands was completely vaporized in the blast. Disappeared off the face of the earth. Do you know what people do at Bikini Atoll today? 
it's a tourist site. The radiation is still there to a degree, but you can go. You can fish from the shores. Uh, nature has grown back. There are palm trees there again. All of these. How did that happen? Don't believe the naysayers. When they tell us that the world is going to end and you're going to end it and in ten years we're all going to be underwater. I met a guy out in the street and he said, how, how can you not believe in global warming? I said, it's real easy. I believe in God. And he looks at me and he says, well, I, I was raised in that stuff and, and I know it's, it's, it's child abuse. I said, the only one that's been abused is you. I said, and, and it didn't, I said, it didn't come from this book called the Bible. It just, the Bible says here, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. Read the story of Lake Erie in Cleveland. In the 70s, it was pronounced dead. Today, there's commercial fishing in Lake Erie. I don't know that you're going to convince me to eat any of it, but uh, I mean, they still do that. You see, they continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Do you know that our earth is still rotating around the sun and that we still enjoy today. Oh, feels almost like fall, doesn't it? Isn't it wonderful not to have to have the air conditioning and all that noise and you could hear the singing on the platform and it's just a wonderful thing. But you know what? It keeps going. And they're all worried about the asteroids. I'll tell you, if God wants one to hit the earth, it will. But until he does, not going to. Don't waste time worrying about asteroids. Don't waste time worrying about global warming. Don't waste time thinking about all the terrible things that are going on. There is none accepted. All are God's servants, even those that portend, those that desire to do evil are still held in the limits of God's almighty hand. So David, as he reaches the climax of this psalm, he says, number one, God's word, it's settled. You don't have to argue about it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to doubt it. If you have any questions, just look at this earth in which we live. It continues. It's not going away. God proves his faithfulness. We talk about droughts and different things, and yet every so many, I mean, what was it? Last several years, the drought in America's southwest was so terrible and this. Now all the reservoirs are full. How did that happen? How many of you remember when they turned off the fountain at Trump Plaza because our water levels were so low? Here in New York. Remember that? Mayor Bloomberg made all the fountains turn off and you couldn't wash the sidewalks and uh, you couldn't do anything. And well, Our reservoirs, they're, they're 
spilling out good water and because they're too full. You know what? There's no break in God's ordinances. What, what the psalmist is telling us is he's telling us about God here. He's saying, listen, the ultimate statement, you can trust God. One of the problems that we have today is people aren't trusting God. If you're not going to trust God, then who are you going to trust? Government? Woe unto you. Uh, yourself? Uh, woe, woe unto you. And if you're going to trust the critics and, and the experts, please see me after church. We'll sign you up for counseling, okay? Because you, you're going to need it. Uh, if you're going to trust the experts of this world and deny the Word of God, you're, you're in for trouble. But now the psalmist is going to give us his personal testimony. How this all played out in his life. Look at verse 92. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in my affliction. I remember years ago, and there's still a few people out there running around. Uh, how many have heard of Bill Nye, the science guy, isn't that it? How many of you knew he wasn't even a bona fide scientist? He's a speaker. That, that's his only qualification. He has no education in science. He claims to be this great thing, and then... Who was it? Ken Ham was going to debate him and they had this great debate and everything was going to be solved. And the polling data came out that the people who believed in Bill Nye still believed in Bill Nye and the people who believed in the Bible still believed in the Bible and never the two shall cross. Did no good at all. Uh, who was it, uh, Brown, Mr. Brown came out with the Da Vinci Code, and you can go on to a website and find out if you're a physical descendant of, uh, uh, of Jesus of Nazareth and Mary Magdalene, if you breathe in the mic and it takes your DNA to the, into the Internet and uh, assesses it, and if you believe that, see me afterwards, I'll sell you the Brooklyn Bridge, uh, and put the money in the offering plate, Amen. Uh, the foolishness of man never stops. People say, well, don't we need to answer these people? No, we do not. You say, you're just going to hide your head in the sand? No, I am not. Here's what David said. Unless thy law. Isn't that what it says there? Uh, how many of you know what the Bible means when it says law? It's talking about the Ten Commandments. It's talking about the 603 other commandments. David said, unless thy law had been my delights, I should have perished in mine affliction. David had said, except for the fact that my attention was consumed with the words of God, I surely would have been swept away and destroyed with the attacks of the wicked. We're not hiding our head in the sand when we strive 
to understand and know what we can as human beings of the God of this book called the Bible. In fact, it's our only protection. It is our only safety. It is the only thing that will keep you from the insanity that is gripping our world with an ever-tightening grip. Unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in mine affliction. Verse 93 He said, I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. Now, David did not understand that Jesus would die on the cross. And that his blood would be sprinkled on the mercy seat in heaven to obtain an eternal redemption for us. But he understood the tabernacle. That every year on the Day of Atonement, the high priest was to go in and sprinkle blood on the mercy seat, which is the covering of the Ark of the Covenant. And there God would give atonement or the rolling back of our sins for until the time when Jesus would fulfill them. How did we know this? How did David stop the death that was in the nation of Israel? How many of you remember what happened when he moved the Ark incorrectly? Uzzah died, and they named the place Perez Uzzah, which means the breach or the breaking forth of God's wrath on Uzzah because he disobeyed those words that were settled forever in heaven. David said, I'm not going to forget them. How many of you remember the day you got saved? When you... Listen to God's words and ask Him to save you in faith. And God did the work. You know, we grow weak and weary in much of our service for the Lord because we forget what He's done for us. We forget our salvation. David here says, I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. He said, with your laws, with what's in this book called the Bible, and of course he only had a small portion of it compared to what you and I have today. He said, that's where life comes, is from the words of God. Then what's the next one say? I am thine, save me. For I have sought thy precepts. Isn't that a bold statement? I am thine. You know, the religious world, the claim to call themselves to be Christians, the Orthodox say, I'm God because I'm Orthodox, because I belong to this church. The Catholics say, I have hope because I'm a member of this church and I go and I partake of this and do this and do that and, and, and uh, I'll have to uh, probably go to purgatory and burn off the rest of it. But I, I have hope that uh, in the sayings of the church, the Protestants, uh, you have two divisions there. You have those that believe, well, God wouldn't send anybody to hell, so I'm going to heaven. What kind of God is that? I'll tell you what it is. It's one that man made up. 
And then the other division of Protestants just as ridiculous. Well, God chose certain ones to go to heaven, but nobody can know. So I'm eternally secure, but I just don't know whether I'm part of the elect or not. I'll have to die to find out. You know what? They believe the same thing. They just word it differently, and it both amounts to foolishness. It all amounts to foolishness. David said, I am thine. Why? Because the life that he lived came from the words that God had given. That's what Paul meant when he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. You see, David's personal testimony is this. I can look back on my life And if I'd been paying attention to all the madness that was going on around me, I certainly would have been swept away and destroyed by it. But because my delight and my attention was in the Word of God, I was not destroyed. Every so often I'll get a phone call and say, "Uh, uh, Does your church believe in devils? And I always know what's coming next. He said, the Bible teaches about a living real... Well, well, I've got one, and I need to get rid of it. Can you help me? And it's like, I, I almost feel like telling him right off the, the case, you, you really don't want my kind of help. If you really want to make the devil mad, if you want to make the devil just spitting, kicking mad, Ignore him. Pay attention to Jesus. That's the way you fight the devil. If you want to make the God-haters mad, they're writing articles. What was this? Um, it was, uh, I, I can't remember who was actually the article, uh, wrote the article, but it was a fairly prominent one of these new leaders in the new insanity that is out there. And they said, I, I, I just think I ought to have an operation, not allow myself to have any children because of all the wickedness that's in the world. I mean, global warming, the world's going to perish. I, I don't want to think of my children inheriting a world worse than the one that I got. And I'm sitting there, if you're that foolish, maybe maybe that's a good idea. I don't know. But uh, I think of the story of Moses. How that Amram took a wife in spite of all the craziness of Pharaoh, in spite of his edict to murder all the male children, and still had two sons and a daughter. And one of them was Moses. You know, we, it's time that we stop trying to answer the world and start trying to answer the Lord. It's time that we stop just trying to countenance what the world says 
and all of their thought processes and trying to answer their questions and delight in the never-changing, forever-settled words of God. David's testimony was, listen, I belong to you because my life comes from your words. Now, Lord, I need you to save me. That's what he said there, isn't it? And we know that the Lord did save David out of all of his troubles. Then we get to the last two verses of this section here. And David is just going to tell us life as it must be lived. This is He starts out with the ultimate truth, the absolute statement of the Word of God, His faithfulness is to all generations. Everything that is in creation serves God. Then he says, If I hadn't paid attention to God's words more than I paid attention to the troubles I was in, I would have been destroyed. He said, I am not going to forget God's words because that's where my life is. That's what quickened me. That's what gave me life. And then he says, I am thine. I know I belong to God. You know, I've dealt with many, many people over the years who have doubted their salvation. And and almost without exception, in fact, I can't remember any exception to this rule, that people doubted their salvation for one of two reasons. One was because they really weren't saved and God was trying to help them understand they needed to be saved. And the other was because they really were saved, but they had allowed sin in their life. Those are the two reasons people doubt their salvation. But I have never met anyone who was living a life according to the Scriptures in the power of the Holy Spirit that was worried about their salvation. That's what David's saying here. But we live in a real world. And so David's going to spend these last two verses just telling us the way it is. He said, the wicked have waited for me to destroy me. But I will consider their testimonies. He said, what, verse 92, what has worked for me in the past, I have faith and trust that it will keep working for me all my life long. I am not going to pay attention. I am not going to answer all of the questions of the world. I am not going to worry about the scoffers who say they found Jesus' tomb. And all of these foolishness things that are out there. What I'm going to do is I'm going to consider thy testimonies. I'm going to learn more about God and His Word. Because the wicked are not going to stop being wicked. They're never going to cease being wicked. You're not going to stop the Jeffrey Epsteins of this world. But I'll tell you what you can do is teach your little daughter some truths from this book called the Bible so that when his friends show up, they won't listen to him. That's, that's the answer. He 
You see, our world is full of wicked people and they want to destroy Christianity. You have to understand here, these people who want to remove God from public speech and discourse altogether, it is not because they think that they think at all. It's because they desire to be their own gods and they cannot suffer any rivals. You know, that's, that's the problem with God. God says, I am God alone. I'm a jealous God. I have no rivals. I have no peers. I have no one like me. The Bible says here at the beginning, Thy word, O Lord. It, it, it says, forever, O Lord. Thy word is settled in heaven. You know, God is the only one that has the right to speak in what we call fiat, to make a statement that doesn't need to be proved. And yet, people do it every day. Oh, it is an established fact that human beings ascended from primates and apes. Uh, No, it's not. It's a lie. There's not one bit of evidence that proves it. Now, we do know that if man is taught there is no God and there are no rules, that he can act like animal very well. But it doesn't go the other way around. You see, the wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. Verse 96, I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. This is one of my favorite top ten verses in the whole Bible. I don't claim to have seen an end of all perfection as David did. But what David is simply saying is, I've lived long enough that I understand where what they believe is going to take them. But I'll tell you this. If I'll just walk in thy commandments, I find that I have all the room that I need, all the freedom I need, is in the narrow road. You say, but but you don't understand, the narrow road is narrow. Yes, it is. It's confining. There are many things that I cannot do because the narrow road will not allow me to do those things. But I'll tell you this. I've lived long enough to know that walking in that narrow road gives me greater freedom than those that have walked upon the broad way all their lives. I do not walk through this life looking over my shoulder, wondering what thing that I've done in the past is going to come back to bother me. Because I'm walking in His commandments. It is exceeding broad. Everybody wants the freedom to be me. To be myself. To All I want to do is find out who I am so I can live myself. Well, 
How well did that work for Pablo Picasso? Uh, Wasn't he the one that painted all those weird, near-pornographic pictures and thankful that he didn't believe in painting reality? Otherwise, no one would be able to look look at his art. But he was struggling to find the real him. And when he found it, He tried to put it on canvas, but it was such a mess. Only the enlightened could enjoy it. Have at it. If that's what you want, go find it. But I'm going to tell you, I've seen the end of all perfection. As this verse talks about. The Marlboro man standing high and smoking his cigarette and out in the wilderness, the beauty of all life, dying in a cancer ward. I'll tell you what, you can have that if you want. I don't want it. Does that mean Christians never get cancer? No, that's not what we're talking about at all. But what we're talking about here is you present your own life. Talk to Bernie Madoff. Who had more of this world's goods at his disposal than Bernie Madoff? I mean, what a name. You would give your goods to somebody named Madoff to make off with him, huh? I mean, it just, you can't make this stuff up. These people who choose their own way live in fear and doubt, believing that if they do not stop cows from eating grass and doing what cows do after they eat grass, that the whole world is going to die. I'll tell you what, I enjoy a nice piece of beef now and then. Amen. And I'm not going to give it up for the crazy people who are afraid. A few cows in the pasture are going to destroy the atmosphere. Because they're not. Well, what was it the other day? I was checking on the weather and there was a little blip in there. There's a super volcano underneath Yellowstone Park. And if it ever blew up, it would destroy, kill every living thing on the entire uh, continent of the United States. But don't worry, it's not going to blow up anytime soon. But it is going to blow up. They're sitting there going, have at it. The kids are all laughing. You know why they were laughing? Because they believe in the settled word of Almighty God. We, you have to choose who you're going to trust. We see that salvation, that life is in the words of Christ. You cannot touch or see the resurrected Christ except through faith. That's why we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in our Bibles. Amen? So that we can read and hear the story of Jesus. And through faith we can choose to believe 
In those words, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the what? Life. And if your life comes from God's words, you'll never have a problem wondering about your salvation. And if your delights are in the law of God, and if your meditation is upon His testimonies, if you will consider His testimonies, then the wicked are just going to swarm all around you. And they're going to keep going their merry little way. But you'll be ready when God calls you to meet Him. I tell you, that's where I want to be. That's an answer to the madness that this world has to offer. David said, Unless thy law had been my delights, I should have been, I should have perished in mine affliction. I tell you, we live in a world that's full of affliction. God's people go through affliction. I want to encourage you as a church to pray for Ted and Sharon Monsoor. Yesterday they just buried their, their last little child, was born, uh, had perished in the womb and was born dead. And they gathered there at a cemetery there in Colorado and had to lay that little body in the ground. But I'll tell you this, I am dying, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. I'll tell you, that's the only comfort you can have at a time like that. God's word is established. The earth continues. It doesn't break God's ordinances. Even the stars and the planets are his servants. Even those who choose to do evil can only do evil within the realms of God's boundaries. And so when the innocent suffer, I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to keep my attention on God's Word. Because if I take my attention off of God's Word and put it on my problems, I'm going to be swept away with the flood of the wickedness of mankind. Hey, the wicked are never going to stop being wicked. And they do not seek to have a conversation with God's people. They want to destroy any mention of God from society today. There is no agreement that can be had. So, what are we going to do? Fight them? No. I'm going to consider thy testimonies because that's my only protection. I'm going to walk in that narrow way because that's the only guarantee of freedom. You see, I have everything they wish they had. I look out over our church. We have many different people groups represented here today. And you know what? We've never had a knife fight or a gun fight or even a fist fight in our church, among our members, because they didn't agree with each other. Now, in the world, real world, those people groups sometimes hate each other and fight wars with each other. But in the church of Jesus Christ, we have complete and total unity because we serve the same Lord and we're considering the same
testimonies. Amen? I've had people say, oh, you're lucky you just found a good wife. No, I'm blessed because I considered these precepts and God brought me together with a woman that was considering these precepts. And next week, we'll have 31 years together. Praise God. It's not luck. It's not special blessings. It's making His law my delight and considering His testimonies. Otherwise, my wife couldn't put up with me. But, you see, those laws and those testimonies are what give us grace to deal with each other in our church, in our families, in our everyday life. You you take these people. Darwin died a broken man. They say he recanted his whole uh, theories of evolution and things on his deathbed. There's no evidence that he ever did that. But I will tell you this, there's a lot of evidence that he died a broken and hopeless man because he had rejected the God of this Bible. You talk about Adolf Hitler. You talk about Stalin. You talk about these quote-unquote leaders. They all died broken men. And the ones that didn't were killed by other broken men. Why? Because they were reaching for perfection. You know what they found out? Because they were there, they could never find it. We're not striving for perfection. Here's what we're striving for. To walk in His commandments. All God's people said. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before You and we ask that You would help us. David has given us the answer for the madness of the world in which we live. But yet, we must make that choice. I pray for those that are here today that may not know You as their personal Savior. That today would be the day of salvation. The day that they would simply trust in Jesus and call upon God's name in faith that they could be saved. Lord, those that are struggling with all of the things of this life, I pray that we would turn our attention from our trouble and from the wicked and put it upon you and your word. Lord, that we would find the freedom of walking in the narrow way. Help us, Lord. It is in your name we pray. Amen. If you come and lead us in the hymn of invitation, if you need to come and pray, the altar is open. If you have a decision to make today to be baptized, to become a member of the church, we just ask that you to come forward and let us know that we could share that with the church. So as we sing, would you join these that have already come?